0: Hey guys, welcome back to Twisted Times, a weekly podcast with me, Cece King, and my co-host, Ryan Julian. Ryan and I are good friends who are both writers, actors, and activists. Ryan is also a teacher, and I produce films, and right now we are hosts of this podcast. Every week we bring on unique and influential guests hoping to elevate voices through conversations and drinks. Pull up a seat to our table and join us. Move over, Kathy Lee and Hoda. Ryan and Cece are here.
1: For centuries, sailors have been the navigators of the untamable sea, oftentimes seeing the calm sea transform into a disastrous storm. Sounds a lot like life, hmm? Sailors Brew Coffee is an African American family owned and operated coffee company born and raised in Pasadena, California. Founded by former U.S. Army veteran Trayvon Sailor, Sailor's Brew Coffee is at the intersection of inspiration and motivation. With each sip, you'll be transported to the tranquil tops of the Jamaican Blue Mountains or the lush forests of Ethiopia. So let Sailor's Brew Coffee be your daily navigator, sailing you through both the calm and rough seas of life. Visit www.sailorsbrewcoffee.com and use the code Twisted Twenty Twenty for fifteen percent off. And remember, brew strong. Sip slow, and join us for this fantastic voyage. Brian, are you there? Wait, Cece, are you there? I think I hear you. Cece? Brian? Yeah, I can hear you. I think I hear you. Brian? Cece, can you hear me? Cece!
0: There you are! <sighs> you are listening to Twisted Times, a weekly podcast with Cece and Ryan. Today, we are looking forward to inviting Maggie Bush onto the show. Maggie is the Programs and Outreach Director for the League of Women Voters of the US and has more than a decade of political advocacy and strategic communications experience. She currently manages the league's nationwide voter registration programs, which have resulted in hundreds of thousands of voters registered in major election years. She has authored several publications and training manuals related to voting rights, voter registration, and youth voter engagement. Maggie provides voter engagement training to volunteer activists and allied partners nationwide. Maggie holds a master's degree in political management as well as a bachelor's in political science and anthropology from George Washington University. Maggie lives with her husband and daughter in Arlington, Virginia, where they love to explore the outdoors, spend time with friends, and learn about local history. Maggie, welcome to the show.
2: Well, Maggie, welcome to the Twisted Times voting booth. Hi. Maggie. So before we get started, Maggie, what are you drinking? I just cracked open
3: an IPA from Port City Brewing, which is right down the street from me Ooh. here in Alexandria, Virginia.
2: Oh, oh my god.
3: My mom lives.
2: My mom lives in Virginia. Yeah. Oh really? Okay, awesome. In Midlothian. I have no idea where that is. Exactly. No one <laughs> <does>. <laughs> No one does, even the people in Virginia.
0: <laughs> Wait, I have to tell you, I absolutely love that you showed up here with an IPA. I am actually incredibly jealous. I normally am the beer drinker um, on the show, and <laughs> I'm just, yay. You're the first person we've ever had on this show that was drinking a beer, I think. you're are you kidding. kidding. A beer.
2: No. That's a very I... unique beer to drink.
0: Yes, an IPA. They've For
3: really me. grown on me
2: over the last few years.
0: Yeah, so. the hops are good. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, cool. Awesome. Well, I'm being so boring and I'm drinking a a sparkling water, but I do have this raw ginger shot that I'm going to have afterwards. Ooh. I like to just do this to my body, Um, but I'm obsessed with my soda stream. So that's kind of my, my water situation. But what does the ginger shot do for your body? So this is what happens. I I get like, I take it and then I feel fine. And then like a few minutes later, I feel like this crazy buzz. Like I just had like a shot. (laughs) like I feel like really just like energetic and it's really great. It doesn't last for very long, but I feel like it's getting inside of me and making me feel better. So I don't know, (laughs) maybe not.
2: Yeah, it's got like good anti-inflammatory properties too. So I'm sure.
0: Yeah, it's healthy, I guess. But
2: I'm gonna have an IPA later and join Maggie. Well, I, too, have a seltzer, but it has alcohol in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pressed pomegranate ginger seltzer, and it's pretty good, pretty delicious.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, you both are ginger-infused this afternoon.
0: Oh, my
2: gosh. Look at that. We are. We are. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is
0: funny. Oh, my goodness. Well, cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, and welcome to the show. Cheers, and welcome to the voting booth um i also by the way made you a sign it says Maggie. i see um but yeah professional stuff (laughs) thank you i'm trying um well anyway so before we jump in we would just love it if you could tell our listeners who you are the organization that you're a part of and what you guys do
3: Sure. So I'm Maggie Bush. I'm with the League of Women Voters of the United States, and we empower millions of Americans to vote every year.
2: You're the program's outreach director, um, which, can you talk a little bit about the work that the League of Women Voters is doing and what you see is the biggest issue you as an organization are trying to tackle during this specific election year?
3: Sure. So the league was founded 100 years ago, uh, right before women, white women in this country formally got the right to vote. And so our founding was really based on this idea that millions of people were going to be coming in to our voting process and need good information about how that's supposed to work. And really, 100 years later, so much of what we do is, is really the same. We work to engage voters locally. We have 750 chapters around the country who are mostly all volunteer, and they're working year round every year, even during COVID. All of our work is different this year, but no less important, more important probably than ever before. Uh, so we're registering voters, getting out information about how the voting process works, how it's working differently this year, um, and telling people who's on their ballot and, and uh, publishing nonpartisan information about what those people stand for. So that people can, you know, can make make their choices and, and navigate the voting process. I think during COVID, we've just seen so many changes to how voting is working. And that's on top of people having so many challenges right now. Uh, women especially, right, are bearing the brunt of losing jobs, being displaced from their education or their homes, uh, caring for children that they weren't expecting to be full-time caregivers for, caring for the sick people in their lives. Um, And so to navigate all the voting changes on top of that for anybody has just been a lot. And so we're just really focused on reaching as many people as we can in these last couple of weeks. That's so great. What
0: would you say is one of the biggest things that have changed this year for voting?
3: Well, I think most of us are going to vote differently than we maybe ever have before. So I voted by mail for the first time. I'd love to know how both of you are planning to vote. I don't know if you want to share or have already voted.
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, I I voted by, by mail as well. I did an absentee ballot. Right. Um, but actually, you know what? That's not true. I didn't vote by mail. I voted. I'm I'm over. I'm in overseas. <laughs> I'm in Toronto. It's not sure. Sorry. <laughs> hmm, no no i'm I'm near a lake um but yeah nice. so but but this is my first time voting not in the us and i'm mm-hmm. the type that like i'm all about like having my physical ballot and going and waiting in line and it just it's a whole thing for me i want my sticker like whatever and this year i voted and it was through email and i had this staff mm-hmm. david and i had to take a picture and then i also have to ma- so i did mail it also like they asked you to mail it but like before the election, it's, I don't think you need to get it in before the election, the actual mail in. You can, as long as you email it. Um, and so I did that. And then after I was telling Ryan, I, I emailed it and then I was excited. So I'm like, oh, they're going to like, where's, because I'm like, again, I like want my sticker or something. I was just excited. They're like, ballot mailed. Like that's all
3: I got back. I'm like,
2: oh, okay cool done.
3: So that's how I voted. Not quite that thrilling moment that you have. And what about you, Ryan? How are you voting? This well, time?
2: I also have, I'm actually staring at my ballot. It's been looking at me for oh, show and tell. So I have to, I have to get this done this week. Yes, you yes. do. So yeah, I think back to your question, Cece,
3: you know, we're all voting in sort of different ways and navigating different things this year. And so that's really, you know, how we do it. Luckily, COVID has made most states make voting easier and more accessible for voters. And we certainly hope that that means long-term voting is gonna be easier to navigate, right? We have these archaic voting systems in a lot of states across the country. And just like a lot of things in our lives, after this there will be no excuse to keep doing things in an archaic or you know not accessible way. Just like we've all learned we can work from home Uh, And so we can all vote in more accessible ways. And so we think, you know, hopefully longer term, that means voting will be you know, better for for communities who have traditionally been been left out. But right now it means that there's a lot of confusion and there's changes still happening right now. So just um, two days ago on Tuesday here in Virginia, it was the last day of voter registration and literally a fiber optic cable at the state office got cut accidentally and the whole voter registration system went down. So thousands of people who were trying to register on the last day didn't get the chance to do it. So we and a bunch of other groups sued the state. We won, luckily, and now that deadline has been extended until midnight tonight. So people who missed the chance to register you know, were able to still do it these last couple of days. But we'll see other changes happening. These things happen in any election year, but especially now uh, with COVID and just with everything We'll continue to see changes and we
2: just want voters to have the right information. Can I just add to the confusion quickly, please? When it comes to, to, to voting and politics, I feel like there's such a, there's like a stress around it because there's such a unique language around voting and like what you're voting for and what constituents mean and what Senate means and like people don't understand what these little things mean. So how can we educate ourselves to find it interesting enough to know what these things mean for the I mean, generations of years coming up?
3: I think it's great that you say, how can we educate ourselves to learn about this process? But to put, you know, to turn it on its head, it's also on us, all of us who consider ourselves voting advocates, to make it more accessible to people who don't think about this stuff every day right i think about voting every day of my life right people who run elections for our states think about it and don't even realize that sometimes they're using language that makes no sense to your average person who thinks about voting once every four years and so that's on all of us Um, i think we have all gotten better we've all understood how important it is to have people speaking about voting who actually look like the people that we're trying to reach who actually sound like us who actually Uh, can help break down what we're talking about. Um, But yeah, voters need to know where they can go to understand how this works. So we have a great website that helps. There's a lot of great uh, organizations out there who specifically work to engage young people who are voting for the first time. And studies have shown that, especially with young people voting for the first time, that lack of kind of confidence about the process or feeling like they don't uh, know enough keeps them home it actually keeps them home from voting and i think you know i don't think that a lot of older you know white men for example would decide that they're not confident enough to go vote uh simply because they don't know everything there is to know so we have a lot of work to continue to do to help um bridge that gap but you're totally right what what would you or ryan
0: maybe you could say what you think one of the words is or things that gets used a lot that you're confused about that we could maybe have Maggie here clarify it for us.
2: Redistricting.
3: Redistricting. Oh, great
2: one. OK. Mm-hmm.
3: So you filled out your census forms, right? Yes. Yes.
2: Great. Right. Yes. So every
3: 10 years, our country goes through a census. It's happening right now. The deadline has gone back and forth in court a bunch of times. But as of today, it's ending today. So everyone who's been counted by today, um, October fifteenth, when we're taping this. Uh, will be counted, is the good news. Uh, So every 10 years after that census is done, uh, states receive their data. They know how many people live in their state, they know where they live, um, and then they have the job of figuring out how their district lines should be drawn to split those people up, not only into congressional districts, but everything else. So who you vote for for your state legislature, which precinct you're in for voting, which school district you're in, if you have kids, or if you're a student, et cetera. Um, it's a very politicized process because in most states, the people who get to decide how those lines are drawn are the people who are in political power. So some states have reformed their process and made it a fair process where no political party or um, someone inspired by certain racial um, um, you know, desires to split up people in communities Uh, you know to take that power away and make it a more fair process but most states are still decided by whoever whoever is in charge whoever has control of that legislature and it's important because the census and then the redistricting that results from it determines all kinds of stuff it determines the federal funding that um, that your schools get that your roads get that your hospitals get Um, it determines um you know all kinds of things that impact our lives every day but we don't think about it quite in that way wow
0: you talk about um like politicians having influence and it kind of makes me think i i saw that you guys do some work on this and i got an email actually i think it was either this morning or last night and it was from uh the obama it was from the biden campaign but it was from um obama i guess he was had a message and he was basically saying it's the last day to donate and to give money um until it closes and i'm like oh okay what have they been doing with that money where is this money going and i feel like as voters (laughs) we have a right to know, sort of where they're raising, how much money, where is that money going, how, like all of it. So I'm curious your your opinion or your thoughts on just money and how it influences the election, and if you guys help educate voters on this particular topic.
3: So money influences everything about our elections, right? The candidates who have money and raise money and are well connected to people with money and are good at hiding money, in some cases, uh, are the ones who can buy all the airtime and run all the ads and contact every voter in their district and churn out yard signs and everything else, right? Uh, And so money is a key barrier, especially for women who want to run for office. Traditionally, fundraising is a key thing that keeps women from being able to wage the same kind of powerful political campaigns. And, of course, challengers who are trying to challenge an incumbent who's maybe been in office for a long time and is well connected to money. So there is a legal framework, a set of laws where people have to disclose donors and who's contributing to their campaigns. There's an awesome organization called Open Secrets that uh, publishes a lot of that information and we point to them when they, you know, with, with the information they have, but there's still a lot of shady business that happens, uh, to be honest, with, with campaigns being, being funded. Um, some organizations are able to kind of get through tax loopholes and don't have to disclose what they're doing, and it's big business. And then, of course, those are the people who then have influence over people once they get elected. If they've helped fund, fundraise and bankroll their campaigns, um, you can imagine that that's, you know, that's the phone call that's getting answered first once somebody is sitting in office.
2: What would you say is is the, I'm not gonna call it a challenge because I feel like women can do anything, but what would you feel is the biggest passion project of the League of Women Voters right now?
3: Absolutely, we have a a huge campaign called Women Power the Vote. We're trying to reach millions of women because again, women are already uh, more in need of good voting information and COVID has just exacerbated that so much. Uh, with the challenges that are facing women, especially working moms, right, frankly, in this country, especially black and brown women. Um, let's be frank about it. And, and women who don't speak English as a first language. All of those folks are eligible voters. They all have a, deserve a seat at the table and um, you know, deserve to be part of this election. And so we are just doing everything we can to, to help them do that. So we're sending 1.57 million postcards to women voters in 15 states. They're dropping, like right now as we speak, uh, in 15 states just to women under 45, helping encourage them to vote, giving them, you know, good information, um, and then just doing a ton of kind of partnership outreach and media work and lots of on-the-ground work um, to to get that information out. So I think that's pretty tried and true with our with our founding as a women's organization and still is you know why we show up to work every day thank
2: you so much for the work you do.
3: Thank, thank you, you. <laughs> so
0: much i know well we we've been talking about it a lot on the show but i mean representation is a huge part of this right you know you want to see yourself represented. And I think the more we make up half of the population, women, and so why is that not accurately reflected in our politics? And so it's great that there's organizations like you guys that exist that can help get us there and and educate people on, you know, all the things that we're talking about right now.
3: Thanks, yeah, and I think, you know, we have so many partners who, who are key key to that work, right? Um, it's not our sole role as primarily a white, you know, traditionally a white women's organization um, to be doing a lot of this work. And so there's so many incredible organizations who are working nationally and locally um, to really engage women and help help empower them. Um, we don't want to speak for anyone. We want to just open up doors and um, empower them to vote. And, you know, I have a three-year-old daughter and I my whole thinking about our country and voting and why I'm voting is, you know, completely different since since she came along. And I think about her, but more importantly, I think about all the other, you know, three-year-old girls who don't have the privileges that she does, and, you know, I'm making decisions that impact all those kids in my neighborhood and in my community.
2: Can you give us three key words that the, the voter should look out for this year? Early, mm.
3: so act early fill out that ballot that's sitting next to you yes. right now. <laughs> because, because it's not just about you, right? right. Uh, voting early makes you feel good, like you've done it, you've gotten it done, even though CC, your you know ballot submitted message was sad to you and you didn't get your sticker. Um, you know, <laughs> you still know, you knew, right? You knew. So it helps you be confident, but it also helps, helps everybody else who's going to come after you, right? So the more of us who vote early, and act early the less people the fewer people are gonna be standing in line on election night the fewer people are gonna make the hard decision that they have to leave a line because they just have to get to work or they just have to go pick up their kids and so all of us who act early are also helping out our neighbors and are the people who you know work on our elections and making it a little bit easier for them so early mm-hmm. prepared mm. So check online, right? Even if you think you know exactly how to do it, just double check before you go to drop off that ballot or go to wait in line to vote, because again, something might have changed and things are just you know, out of control this year in terms of changes that are happening. And I think confident, be confident that the process is gonna work, that your vote's gonna be counted, be proud of that, um, and, and share that confidence with the people in your life right? This is the time to be motivating about voted about voting um, and be encouraging of the people in our life who might not be so sure if they're going to do it. Um, yeah. If you're confident that your vote matters, then you can help tell other people that it does. Those are such key yeah. words.
0: I also was reading yesterday that I think so far, something like fifty thousand people turned out um, to around this time last or last year, um, four years ago, voting early. And we're already at like three hundred and fifty plus thousand that have started to go in and vote early. And that's that's really good.
3: That's yeah, good. we're seeing unprecedented turnout in lots and lots of states. I know here in Virginia um they they already have the turnouts already more than a quarter of what it was totally in 2016 and that was several days ago so it's probably higher um in colorado they've seen record turnout um we've seen record requests for ballots so people are hearing this message to act early they're turning out just you know anecdotally our own voter registration um stats on our website is three times higher than than what we were in all of 2016. so people are like getting ready and acting and that's really encouraging. We haven't really talked about this yet
0: um, because we're staying so in the now, but you talk about having young children. I think we all are voting for our future. Um, So I guess the question is, is what is
3: one thing that you really want to see in the future? I want to see us reckon with the inequality that exists in this country for working moms and especially those in black and brown communities. I think, again, COVID has just been such an eye-opening experience on so many things, but especially to say we don't have school systems, we don't have job systems, we don't have societal expectations that work for working women and especially for moms and the women who are the backbone of our country and we have to we have to reckon with that we have to make changes we have to provide paid time off we have to have uh job opportunities and and um job flexibility that works in in the reality that we all live in today whether or not COVID is you know here to stay when you talk
0: about league of women voters being a traditionally white white women. Um, What, like in terms of the League of Women Voters, how has it gone from starting in that place to evolving and where does it sit now?
3: So we've tried really hard. I think any organization that's been around for a long time hopefully would tell you that they're a work in progress on this if they were founded by white folks 100 years ago, right? Um, So it's very much always a work in progress. We've made huge uh, organizational commitments to, being a place that people of all backgrounds want to be part of, being welcoming. And that sometimes means, you know, taking a look at at our own practices, our own hiring practices have changed dramatically in the last um, three years under some new leadership. Our board is more diverse than ever before in in every sense of that word. Um, And that's been very much intentional. And we've had a lot of hard conversations within our national network about Um, What it really takes to be to be inclusive and sometimes that means taking a step back um, And letting letting another organization or another leader lead. So I think I'm really um, Inspired and positive about where we're at. I think organizations of all kinds are really taking a look at this so many I work with corporate partners a lot on the voting work and so many of them have come to us and said our employees are demanding this of us, our, you know, our, um, our whole network is demanding us to really be better and put our money where our mouth is and confront structural racism inside and outside of our institutions. And so I think um, so many organizations and businesses and media entities and everybody is grappling with this since this summer in a way that I've never seen before. So that's encouraging, but we still have a lot of work to do
2: yeah say your your message would be to all of the little girls who will one day be voting let's say she's 16. just that that you matter you matter you matter just as much
3: as anyone else you see or hear who has an opinion about how this country should work probably more it is true though like they do matter a lot almost yeah you're younger there's you've got
0: more time on this planet so you're absolutely is super valid and it today's 16
3: year old has a hell of a lot more vested interest in defining the direction this country is going to go
2: mm-hmm. than yeah.
3: someone who's 78 years old let's be honest that is the truth. Well, I just want to say, you know, Maggie, thank
0: you so much for coming on this show. Thank it's you. It's, it's meant a lot to us. Um, obviously, our show, I mean, we're women. We, we have a lot of women on the show. And it is, initially, it had started with just having women on. And then we've kind of opened this up to a more just inviting on marginalized voices. But it's really great to talk to people like yourselves. And, you know, it's just, you know, we're really grateful to have you.
3: So
2: thank you. Thank, Thank you. you, this was great. I really appreciate it.
3: And tell up off- that ballot, Ryan.
2: Oh. <laughs> I am, I promise. I Email promise. me if you need help, okay.